now we're going to spend a little time in the Word. Uh, I believe the Word of God is where we can get our comfort. And so before we do that, um, let's pray. Dearly Father, Lord, we just thank you this morning for this Word that you've given me for our people. Lord, I pray that your Word would have an impact on our ongoing struggle with what's happening now in our world around us. Lord, I pray that you would give us the boldness to seek you out even in these moments. Lord, I pray that you bless the reading of your word this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Church, again, sorry that we're doing this this way. I prefer to see you in front of me. Actually, the only person in the room right now is my beautiful wife that's sitting here. So if you hear any laughter or someone follow their chair, it'll just be her. So this morning, I want to continue on as we've been kind of journeying through Mark. Um, this morning, I'm going to specific, specifically be in Mark 10. Let me lead up. So we left last week, and, and there's a couple of other things that are really critical that I just want to hit on. I'm not really going to talk about them, but they would be great for you to go back and spend some time in them. In them, in Mark 10, at the beginning of it, leading up to where we're going to be in 46, in just a second, you have this conversation with a young rich ruler that comes to Jesus asking, what must he do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus gives him these list of a few things that he knows that he's done from childhood, but there's still something missing. And this young, rich ruler missed an opportunity to encounter with an encounter with the Messiah because he was unable to let go of the one thing that he treasured more than Jesus, his possessions. Jesus told him, sell all you have and follow me. And he went away sad. And then right after that, you have an odd encounter. We already heard last week where Jesus came up to them as they were leaving and, and asked them what were they were talking about, his disciples. And his disciples um, were talking about who's the greatest among them. And, and a little bit further on, James and John went further. They come to Jesus and said, do what we ask of you. Do, do this for us. And Jesus is like, what, what do you want for me to do for you? Make us sit at your right and left hand. They're still thinking of his kingdom as one that is right now present, that he's going to set up his earthly throne. And he and they wanted the highest positions at the right and left of the king. And Jesus tells them that you're not ready to drink this cup. Are you ready for it? And they don't have any idea what he's talking about. And he tells them. And what's crazy is, is that while he's telling them that you're, you don't know what you're asking for, that the other disciples hear what they've said. So in picking this up in chapter 10, verse 41, it says, And when the ten heard it, the other ten disciples heard what James and John just went around their back, saying, Hey, make us the number one and two. So they began to be indignant at James and John. Of course they would. This is ridiculous. And Jesus called them. To him and said to them, you know that those who are considered rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them. See, he's setting up a standard of what it means to lead, what it means to be over others. And their great ones exercise authority over them. But it shall not be so among you. But whoever would be great among you, which is what they were just asking, make us great among the people. 
Whoever would be great among you must be your servant. And whoever would be first among you must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve. And he gave and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus came to set our example. And I I just ask you, as we're leading up to what I really want to talk about, is that he's looking for this. How can we serve? How can we here now during the coronavirus craziness? It's what everybody is talking about, what everybody is fearful of. Then I have no idea what everybody is doing with their toilet paper and what they will do with it afterwards. We'll speculate on that later. But we need to, in these moments, seek to serve. If you want to be great in this kingdom that God is setting up and is moving forward, you have to see the need, meet the need, serve his people. And his people are his children, those present and future children. And so this is going on. This literally just ended. This conversation just ended. And we pick this up in verse 46. The little subheading of this section is called Jesus Heals Blind Bartimaeus. In verse 46, it says, And they came to Jericho. And as they were leaving Jericho, as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a great crowd, Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, beggar, the son of Titimus, was sitting by the roadside. And when he heard, because he's blind, when he heard, That it was Jesus of Nazareth. He began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Now, this is a term that we kind of loosely think of through, you know, our Bible reading and understanding that it is. But this is a big deal. He's saying to the population, son of David, this was almost like equaling, hey, Messiah. Messiah, son of David, he's acknowledging and expressing, at least in his own understanding, who he thinks Jesus is. In verse 48, it says, And many rebuked him because he was being loud. He was yelling out for Jesus to stop and see him. They were telling him to be silent, but he cried out all the more. Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, could you imagine here is this blind beggar that has been sitting by the roadside for who knows how long he's desperate. He has no way to do what needs to be done in him to be for his sight to be restored. We talked about this with the the, the demoniac. He was unable to free himself from what Jesus could. Jesus could do the impossible for him. Bartimaeus cried out and he didn't care what anybody else thinks or what anybody else told him. He was going to be heard. And this large crowd stops as Jesus stops. And they're probably like, ooh, what's getting ready to happen? What's going to go on? Because most of them have been following Jesus. They've seen some miraculous things. And Jesus says, call him. And they called the blind man, saying to him, take heart, get up. 
He's calling you. Now watch this. Could you imagine? I mean, he's sitting there on the side of the road. He's sitting there crying out. And he can't see what's going on. He cannot see that the crowd just stopped. Until the first words of Jesus saying, hey, call him. And when someone got close enough for him to hear to say, hey, take heart. Get up. He's calling you. What did he do? And he threw off his cloak. And he sprang up and came to Jesus. And I don't know if someone guided him. I don't know if he went to the voice. But he sprang up and he threw off that cloak, which we'll talk about in just a second. And he came to Jesus and Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do for you? I don't know about you, but I love that Jesus doesn't forcefully answer questions that are going on inside of us. I mean, it could be blatantly obvious. Jesus knows he wants his sight. But he he asks him a question because he has to identify what he wants. And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. In 52, and Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well, and immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. Could you imagine the transformation of one that has seen no light for who knows how long, sitting on the side of the road begging for money because that was all he could do. Without sight, he was unable to take care of himself. So he was placed on the side of the road to beg for money so that he could eat. And he hears Jesus walking by. He cries out. He he presses in. He presses through those that would shut him down. Jesus calls him to him. He throws off that cloak. He comes to Jesus. Jesus asks him. He tells him, I want to recover my sight. And the one thing he probably thought he would never have again is now with him. And I love that he didn't just take a healing and leave. That he didn't just take this thing, this thing. Because sometimes, sometimes, honestly, we can treasure that thing more than we treasure the one who healed us. Jesus doesn't want to just give us these things so that we can have them. Jesus wants us to know who he is. And he does that by what he does for us and through us and in us. And immediately he recovered his sight and he followed him. We, we don't know the rest of the story. We don't know what happened to Bartimaeus. We don't know what the next week, year and month meant for him. But we do know in this moment that he was following the one who gave him what no one else could. And here are just a few things that I want to talk to you about. And church, I'm going to be a little shorter than I normally am on Sunday. And you might think, oh gosh, if he can preach this short now, why can't he do this on Sunday morning? Because you're not here. I can't tell whether you're going to laugh at this joke or not. So I'm getting right to the point. Just kidding, just kidding. I want to give you something. There, there's a few things this morning I just want to, I want to pick up out of this. 
how do we, in the middle of chaos, in the middle of this stuff that's going on, how do we take advantage of what God wants to do in and through us? I have a few things on how we get healed. And I'm not just talking about, you may be thinking, oh man, I'm not, there, there's, you know, there's nothing physically wrong with me. And maybe there is something physically wrong with you and you need a healing for that. But I, I'm talking to those that right now in, in your heart, there's something broken that you need fixed. And I believe that the only way that we can ever be whole again is a connection to the one who made us, a connection to the one who died for us, a connection to the one that wants us to live a life worthy of him. And and we do that by knowing him. And here's some things just that that we pick up as, as we read. The first thing that you notice about Bartimaeus is that you have to be listening. You have to be observant of what's going around because like the healing was walking by him. Jesus was walking by him and he was listening to what was going on. And when you hear that thing, when you're reading your devotional, when you're when you're interacting with other people, you have to be listening to what's going on. And I don't mean just hearing. I don't mean just turning up your hearing aid so that you can hear what's audibly going on, but literally listening to what God is doing around us because God was walking right by him. So you have to listen. And the second thing that we see that he did is you have to call out when you hear and you 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 feel and God is in the presence. God is doing something right now. Now we have to hear it, but then we have to call out. We have to ask and keep Asking, knocking, keep knocking. I love the story of the persistent widow. I love the story. It's this this lady that goes in to get this judge to help her. Because she's been wronged. And she goes to him and he's like, no, I'm not going to help you. She comes every day, every day asking for justice. And you know what he does? And this is... God teaching us how to pray. This is the story he's telling us how to pray. He he tells the widow, the, the widow wears him down so that he gives her justice, not because he wanted to, but because she was aggravating him. She was going over and over again. And so let me just encourage you, just like Bartimaeus, I think lots of us are missing out what God was trying to do for us. And in us and through us because we we heard it and we called out and then we got discouraged. We got discouraged because somebody told us not to ask for that. We got discouraged because somebody told us to be quiet. We got discouraged because something was going on. And you have to get to the place that you will go to any measure. You'll keep asking. You'll be that persistent widow. You keep praying, asking For God to do in you what needs to be done. And sometimes that's God changing you. Changing what your heart's desire is. Because that thing that you may want may not be good for you. But where do you need to continue to cry out? Where do you need to keep asking? Where do you need to keep knocking? And the third thing that he did is he, had, he took off his cloak. And it may not be a big deal, but like this cloak was a long <coughs> coat that could have easily impeded his 
journey to Jesus. He could have been tripped up on it with something he kept warm on it. But what's crazy is he threw that thing off. If he didn't receive his sight, he may never find that cloak again. But he didn't care. Anything that would inhibit him getting to Jesus, he cast off. So if you're going to be listening for what God's doing, when you hear him get close and you cry out for it. And when he when he asks you, hey, son, daughter, this is what you need to do. Come to me. There's a measure of us that we have to cast off what's messing us up. We have to separate from things that are tripping you up. There's some things in your life right now that are keeping you from the healing in your marriage, from the healing in your soul, from the healing in what's going on in you because you won't let go of unforgiveness. You won't let go of anger and bitterness. You won't let go of something that you've held on to like that cloak that you're going to keep with you. And, and that thing may be keeping you from connecting to God. That thing may keep, be keeping you from that, that thing that God wants to do. And you like with Bartimaeus to recover his sight. And the last thing that you have to do after you've listened, after you've called out, after you've thrown off that thing, is that you have to identify what you need. Jesus stood right in front of him. He could have easily just healed his sight without even asking. I mean, there was a woman we talked about a few weeks ago that literally just touched his garment and was healed. There, 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 his, his capacity for healing is unlimited. But I believe this is in here for a reason. I believe Jesus is asking you to identify what you need. Speak it. Say, God, this is what I need. Maybe, like, I don't know why in marriages. Maybe this morning. Maybe there's people watching this right now that their marriage is literally falling apart. And they don't know what to do. And they, they need something to jumpstart what used to be love, what used to be this treasure to them. And maybe this morning... This message is, is God whispering to you something. Maybe you need to start calling out. Maybe you need to cast off unforgiveness. But one thing's true. You have to identify what you want God to do. And so this morning as we wrap this up, as you end this and you're sitting at your home, maybe sitting in your bed or a couch, or maybe you're watching this on the TV, we don't know, on your phone. Is that don't leave this moment without identifying and asking God to do what needs to be done. Jesus is the God of things that are impossible. Healing things that were broken that you thought could never be restored again. And if you need that this morning... The starting place is always Jesus, whatever that thing is. And this morning I just asked, maybe as this video ends in a few minutes after I pray, that you spend some time walking through these things. What's hindering you? Identify it. 
Repent of it. And then ask Jesus to do what you need done. Call out for healing. Call out for restoration. And maybe you're watching this video right now and you're not connected to Jesus. And let me just tell you something. Jesus entered our world at a perfect time. God's perfect time. And he lived the life that we could not. And he willingly went to the cross. What's right after this chapter 11 is the triumphal entry, which is crazy. We're leading up to Easter in just a few weeks. And Jesus gets worshipped into the city that he's going to die in. He's getting worshipped as he goes in. And he knew that he was going to the cross. And he knew that he was going to the cross for you. Because we don't have access to the Father. There is no, I'm good enough. There is no perfect person. We all need Jesus. And so this morning, if you need Jesus, cry out to him. Tell him. You, you identify maybe literally I need you. I want you to be my Lord and Savior. And we can believe, be like Bartimaeus who literally got the healing from Jesus. And then we followed. And I just encourage you. If you're just looking for Jesus to do something for you, you're going to miss the greatest gift that you have access to, which is Jesus. Put the gift down for just a second. and Focus on the gift giver. And ask him to be your Savior. Surrender to his lordship and his leading and, and follow so this morning, after we pray, I just encourage you get connected to community. And, and if you're not part of our community already and you're seeing this, then maybe you don't even live near us. Find a community that you can get built up in, encouraged in, loved in, and discipled. And follow him. Let's pray. Dearly Father, it is by your grace and mercy right now. That we have breath in our lungs. And Lord, I just pray over this coronavirus, over the hysteria that's going on, over the, the, the real legitimate concerns for those in the risk categories. Lord, I pray that you would protect your people, that you would protect those around us, Lord, that you protect Brunswick County and New Hanover County and our state and our country and the world afar. Lord, I pray that you would bring an end to this virus. That you would bring an end to what it's doing to our world and to our country. And Lord, this morning as we look at Bartimaeus, I pray that we would be people that are constantly listening for you. That we're constantly willing to call out to you. We're constantly willing to cast off anything that's keeping us from following you. And I pray this morning that we can identify those things.
specifically and that we can lay them at your feet, that we can bring them to you. Lord, I pray that you would be our treasure where there's fear. Lord, I pray that you would bring peace. Lord, we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, church. Remember, stay connected. Check out our social media. Get on our website. Uh, There's ways that you can connect with us through both of those. Stay safe. We love you. And we'll see you soon.